welcome back to Birth Medicine Podcast. Today, we have the absolute honor of tuning in to hear Jonea's four birth stories, including two free births. Get ready for some powerful birth medicine. Thank you so much for being here with us. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Uh, I'm so excited for Joe to be sharing her birth stories with us today. Um, so I guess, you know, we want to always start it, you know, when people share their stories with what, what does free birth mean to you? You know, how, how did free birth come to be a part of your life? Yeah, so free birth to me is birth free from the presence of anyone who would challenge my authority during my birthing time. So that would include like any type of licensed medical provider, um, but could extend out to anyone, you know, who I didn't feel like safe with, who I, who I would think would challenge me. Um, but definitely not like licensed medical professionals, like no OBs, no midwives, um, licensed midwives, I would, I should say. And yeah, what was the other question? <laughs> How did free birth <laughs> become part of my life? Is that what you said? Yeah, well, like, I was, yeah, yeah. I was going to say Rochelle. <laughs> <laughs> Nice to ask See, it's because you already know, you already know what's about to happen, Joe. So you're like, <laughs> um, I know, I'm like, what? Yeah. So, um, I, the question I was going to ask you next is where does your free birth story begin? So just take us to wherever you want and, and draw us that picture and weave it into your story as, as you feel. Okay. Where does free birth begin? Okay. So my very first pregnancy ended in an early loss. Like, I think I only knew I was pregnant for less than a week. Um, and so when I started to bleed, I went to the ER. Um, you know, I like, I think I called my mom, um, or I text her or something. And she told me like, go to the hospital, you know, and I didn't know that what was happening was totally normal. And sad, but, but normal and that I was okay, you know, so I just did what I thought I was supposed to do. And I went to the hospital and, um, they just treated me like shit, you know, like I know like people go to the ER all the time for miscarriages, um, because it's a fucking emergency <laughs> to you. Like as the person who's pregnant, who's losing their baby, like that feels like an emergency and like you want some help or some answers or clarification or or something, you know? Um, and so you go to the place, you know, where they say people handle emergencies. And like, I learned like through my nurse training that that happens a lot and that there's nothing that we can do, you know, depending on the stage of the loss. But I felt like there was no compassion at all in that, in that hospital. Um, and the, the doctor, it was a Catholic hospital. So the doctor came in and told me that she's not supposed to like talk about birth control, but I need to think about birth control and that maybe it was a good thing that I had miscarried because I wasn't married. And this was like a white doctor in a Catholic hospital, like, and I am in fucking shambles. Like I am 
devastated. I'm crying. I'm alone. I was by myself because um, my husband, who was just my boyfriend at the time, he was working a midship. So he was sleeping when all of this was going on. And um, I told him to stay sleep. Like, I'm just going to go in really quick and just, I was, I knew that they weren't going to be able to save the baby or anything like that. But I do, I think I was just looking for clarification. Like, am I actually having a miscarriage, you know? Um, So that was my first interaction with the medical model of care for, for pregnancy. And so I knew that I never wanted to fucking go back to that hospital. Like if I ever got pregnant again, um, and that was kind of like the closest hospital to me and where a lot of people who I knew like gave birth. Um, so when I got pregnant again, I found out that there was this birth center that was ran by certified nurse midwives, like took our insurance. So, um, I was so excited to go there. I thought like, this is perfect. Like I'm getting a midwife. I'm going to get this holistic, um, care this intimate care like they actually like give a fuck about me and my baby and like the birth that I want and you know I had all of these dreams and visions of what this care was going to be like um and sadly it wasn't any of those things it was very much the medical model of care um I you know drove very far to get to this birth center waited in the office for a really long time met with the midwife for less than 10 minutes and then like had all the tests and um, ultrasounds and Doppler, like it was very medicalized. Um, but at the same time, I thought like, I'm getting the best care. Like it doesn't get better than this. Like I have a midwife, you know? Um, and my pregnancy was normal and textbook and, you know, not, no complications or anything came up. Um, I went into labor at like 39 and five, I think his, his labor was about two days long. Um, And, you know, like, I think I got like, kind of the best you can get at a birth center, you know, I still had, I had an unmedicated birth, I definitely would not consider it a natural birth anymore. Like there were so many interventions and so many disruptions. Um, And I, I left that birth feeling really powerful and like, so proud of myself that I had actually um, gone through with the unmedicated birth after everyone told me that I was like crazy. And I begged for the epidural and like, Oh my God, you have a midwife. Like, you know, that's nuts type thing. So I was like, so fucking proud of myself that I had done it. And I also felt like I had been robbed of like the birth that I wanted. You know, they sat there in that birth plan meeting and nodded their heads and smiled at me. And then during my birth, it was like, they didn't even fucking read it. Um, and so I didn't get to catch my own baby. I didn't get to birth in the tub, even though I was in the tub, they told me to get out. And like, it just, there were so many things about that birth that I, I tried really hard to be okay with it and to retell the story. Like, Oh, like the tub was too big. I wasn't really comfortable in the tub. That's why I didn't give birth on the tub. Like knowing like, that's not what happened. Like I was still like, in denial that my midwife had fucked up my birth, you know, like she wasn't supposed to do that. So it took me a few years to figure that out. Um, but within a year I was pregnant with my daughter and, um, I went back to the same birth center. Cause at this time I thought I had had like a really incredible experience. Um, and although there were things I didn't like about it, it was going to be different this time. <laughs> I was going to like make sure of it. Um, and again, same 
same kind of care, you know, very medicalized, very um, not as intimate as I had hoped for. Um, you know, and then I, I ended up with complications at the end. Um, I felt like my baby wasn't growing anymore and she, you know, her movements felt different and it took me like three appointments before the midwives actually took me seriously. Like I kept telling them that something was wrong and they just kept brushing me off. Like, Oh, everything's fine. You're probably just anxious. Everything looks great in your chart. You know, like just smile at me and be like, okay, like, but nothing looks wrong. Like they just, they made me feel like I was fucking crazy. Um, and then it wasn't until like my 37 week and I was pretty like frantic at this time. And I'm like, something's wrong with my baby. Like you have to listen to me. Like I, I was like, I can't explain it. I don't know what's wrong, but like, something's not right. Like, like my belly's not growing and her kicks feel weird. And like, so finally the midwife that I had, who was actually the midwife for my first birth, um, she like measured my belly. And then when she looked at my chart, realized that my fundal height had not changed in like a month, like no growth. Um, and then she brought in another midwife to like palpate my belly and, you know, who was like an elder midwife, like grandma type. Like I fucking loved her. Her name was Fran. Um, but she came in and felt my belly and was like, wow, like your baby feels really small. And also I can feel every part of your, of your baby. Like I had no amniotic fluid, like obviously something was wrong. Um, so anyway, I like did NSTs and everything looked fine. We did growth ultrasounds, um, except she was just really small and my amniotic fluid level was really low. So I agreed to an induction at 39 weeks and that had to be at the hospital, but I did still have the midwife. Um, and that experience was very scary. I didn't feel safe at all because I knew that the hospital was a dangerous place for me. Like I had not ever chosen to birth in the hospital. So the fact it was, it was really trippy to know that I was not safe and yet I needed to be there. Um, and so I, I, her birth was very painful, like the labor, cause I just never could get comfortable. Um, you know, I'm in an environment that feels cold and sterile and is not where I want to be. I felt very angry during her labor and birth. Um, and the midwife was like, not even there. She literally like was watching the monitor from the like nurse's station and like would pop in to check my cervix or ask like 15 times if she can break my water and then leave. And then she came back in when it was like ready, when I was ready to push. And I finally said she could break my water. And then she, the thing that was the most disturbing to me about this birth was how she went from midwife to OB in like two seconds. Like she put on that fucking like gown thing and like these long ass fucking gloves and like had all these tools laid out like this, um, like nurse, like, I think it's like an OB assistant or something. They like assist the midwife by like putting out all the tools on the tray and shit. And that, like, I immediately just was like, what in the fuck like is happening? Like, where are your clothes? Like, where are your normal fucking clothes at? Like, why do you look like a fucking surgeon right now? Like it was so scary to be like do I even have a midwife like right when I'm about to push a baby out um so I have a lot of shit about that birth that you know and I don't know if I'd make the same decision again like with the information that I know now 
I think that I would have continued to monitor her. And um, I was 39 weeks when I got induced. So it's not like I was going to go much longer. So I, I kind of wonder if I would have just monitored and waited for me to go into labor on my own. But anyway, when I got pregnant again um, with my third baby, I knew that I wanted a home birth. I didn't want to deal with that birth center anymore. Um, and like I had told myself after my daughter was born, like if I have any more babies, I want to have them at home. Like this is fucking ridiculous. And <clears throat> so when I got pregnant, I was in the middle of nursing school and all of our money was going to daycare. And so no fucking matter how I crunched the numbers, like it wasn't happening. Like I, we could not afford a home birth midwife. Um, our insurance only covers certified nurse midwives and there were no certified nurse midwives doing home births, um, in my area. And so, you know, that could be a whole fucking episode on regular, you know, state regulations on who can attend home births. <clears throat> so I was like, okay, fine. I'll just go back to the birth center. and. It was like worse than before. Like, I don't know what happened in the like two and a half years from like when my daughter was born to when I got pregnant with my son, Pius, but like the, the level of care was even worse. Like the waiting in the waiting room was longer. The time you spent with the midwife was shorter. Um, it was like, like one midwife, I had this like scare, um, this like ectopic pregnancy scare with him. Cause I was having so much pain on my ovary. I, it, I ended up being a cyst, but I had an ultrasound to make sure that it wasn't ectopic, but they couldn't, they, uh, they only saw a gestational sac and couldn't see like the fetal pole or whatever. Um, so the midwife told me in my follow-up that like to prepare to miscarry, they're like, your HCG is like super high but there's no fetal pole when we would expect to see a fetal pole at this time, you know, with this HCG. So like, she's asking me like, have you been bleeding or spotting? I'm like, no, like nothing. And she's like, well, just expect to miscarry. And then she said, like, I know it's really sad. She's like, was this baby planned? And I'm like, no, but like, what the fuck? Like, does it matter? Like, are you about to tell me that because my baby wasn't planned that it's okay that now I'm going to lose this baby that like, of course, wasn't planned, but that I still wanted, you know? And so I was really fucking sad um, when I left that appointment thinking like, I'm going to miscarry this baby. Um, and so they, they said that I would have follow-ups with like blood work to see if the numbers were getting better. And um, <clears throat> so my next appointment that I went in, so all, obviously my numbers were fine. I had another ultrasound. They saw the fetal heartbeat and everything was fine. Um, he's three now. Uh, but the next appointment I went into, I saw the same midwife who said I was going to miscarry and she didn't even fucking remember me. And I just like, I was like, nope, I'm done. I like, I will not fucking give birth here. Like I, like, they don't even remember, like you told me I was going to miscarry like two weeks ago. And now you like, don't even fucking remember that I was here. Like, I was so angry. I was so angry. And so that's when I started trying to figure out how can I make this home birth happen? Like, we, we just don't have the money. I can't find it anywhere. Um, and it was just like devastating to think that like, I wanted to have this home birth and that it wasn't going to happen. And I was going to have to go back to this fucking birth center. Um, and so through my 
searching, I was looking for like scholarships and grants and like midwives doing free work. And like, I couldn't find it. And I posted in like a Facebook group, you know, asking like, does anybody have any fucking resources to help people have home births who can't afford it? And somebody said, you could always have a free birth. And I thought you're fucking crazy. Um, first I had to look up what free birth was because I was like, oh, what? And then, um, yeah, I found like there, there was this whole entire community of people who are intentionally giving birth without medical providers. And I just was blown the fuck away. I could not believe it. I thought like, why didn't I ever think about that? <laughs> and equally thought that it was insane but the more that I read their birth stories and looked at their pictures and <clears throat> listened to all of these women tell their stories, like the more it felt like that is exactly what I'm going to do. And, um, you know, I, it took a lot of time to get my partner on board. Like he was really shitty at first and thought I was insane. And like, he was, it comes down to like how fucking scared he was, you know, um, he's scared of birth anyway. And then the idea that like, we were going to do it by ourselves, like just totally overwhelmed him. Um, but after a lot of arguing and fighting, <clears throat> I finally was just like, this is what I'm doing. And if you can't support me, then you can just not be here and take the other kids with you so that I can like, not have to worry about them. <laughs> um, and after that, he kind of was like, Alrighty then, I guess this is what we're doing. <clears throat> and another thing that really helped him was I had shared this article. It was like perfect timing. This USA Today, I think it was, article came out of this seven year long study that they had been doing about birth in America. And it showed that like the hospital was the most dangerous place to give birth. And then I showed him that it was even more dangerous for Black women. Um, and like once he saw that and saw the numbers and like, saw the evidence um he was like 100% on board from that and he just followed my lead and like was really able to trust me um and so I went I went throughout that pregnancy continuing to go to the birth center for my prenatal care um I really liked the idea of having like a backup that wasn't the hospital. Like if at any point I felt like, actually, I don't want a free birth. I don't feel comfortable with this. Um, I had the birth center that I could go to. Like it, it felt like a nice in-between um, as opposed to like a full on like transfer. Um, and so I really liked that. So I just kind of went to the appointments and just nodded my head and was like, sure. Yeah. Okay. And like denied all the testing that I didn't want. And um, you know, I denied the ultrasounds after um I had like a couple of them and then I learned about like ultrasound technology and so then after that I decided not to have any more ultrasounds and um I went through with the um birth plan meeting and it was actually really tragic um but funny to me now but I had basically told the midwife like, I don't want you to touch me. I don't want you to talk to me. I don't want fetal heart tones. I'm not getting a hep block. I like, like, I just want to come in here and I just want to birth my baby. And I don't want you to do anything unless me or my baby's life is at stake. And, you know, when I'm like talking about like the, um, specifics, like I don't want cervical checks and she's like, well, 
yeah, we could maybe not do that. But if you come in and we're not sure if you're in active labor, then we got to do a cervical check. And I'm like, no, like I said, I don't want cervical checks. Like, I don't want them. I don't care if you think I'm in labor or not. <laughs> like, I'll just go back home. Um, you know, I don't want fetal, you know, I don't want, um, you know, heart tones checked with a Doppler. I want you to use a fetoscope. Well, if we can't find it with a fetoscope, then we got to use it. You know, it was just like, they couldn't say yes. She could not say yes to anything that I was asking. Like all the things I was asking her not to do, um, she couldn't say, okay, sure, whatever you want, you know? And I had already, like at this time, I'm like planning to have the free birth anyway. So this whole like birth plan meeting was just so um, like the last straw for me. Like if I had any doubts that I was actually gonna keep going to the birth center, like that totally crushed it. And I knew I wasn't gonna be going there for my birth. Um, so when I, yeah, everything was fine in his pregnancy, totally normal, other than the whole, like, you're going to miscarry thing at the beginning. Um, and I actually, like I said, was in nursing school and I had one last requirement, um, which was like my NCLEX review course or something, the HESI re review course um, was over on Sunday and I was 40 weeks and four days. And I remember walking in there and everybody being like, Oh my God, like you're still fucking pregnant. <laughs> and I was like, yes, I am. Thank God. Like I have to finish this. Um, and yeah, it was over on a Sunday. I went home and I was like, I did it. Like I fucking finished everything. Like all I have to do is take my NCLEX now. I'm going to be a nurse. Like, I just thought like, Holy fuck, like this is so amazing. And I said like, okay, baby, you can come now. And like the next morning I woke up at four 30, like throwing up. And I thought like, damn, I got that stomach bug that like everyone had like a week ago. <laughs> like it wasn't quite like clicking, like, oh, you might be in labor. Um, I did have a thought when I was cleaning out my mouth after I puked, like maybe it's labor and not like a sickness, but I just kind of like brushed off. I was like, no, no, I'm not going to like get myself all excited. Um, but I crawled back in bed and like fell back asleep and woke up at about six and was like kind of crampy. Um, so I had like sent my husband a text so he would see it when he woke up in the morning in case I fell back asleep. Like, Hey, I think, you know, I might be starting labor. So when you go to work, like keep your phone on and everything. And yeah, so I think it was like eight 30 in the morning when I finally called him, I was like, okay, you need to come home. Like I'm, I'm definitely having contractions like pretty consistently, like every six minutes or so at that point. Um, so he came home and, uh, he was, it was kind of cute. He was kind of like frantic and like, oh shit, like, what do you need me to do in here? And like, what do you want me to do in here? Um, he was like ready, you know, to be, to get all my shit, like set up how I wanted it. And I'm like, dude, it's fine. Like we got all day. Like my first labor was like 40 hours. My second one, um, you know, was an induction, it ended up being about 16 hours. So I kind of thought like, this is going to take like a long time. Like we got time. It's cool. I just wanted you home to like, take care of the kids so that I can just do my own thing. But by like 10 o'clock in the morning, I was making these cloth wipes. Uh, like this was like my thing. I was obsessed with the fact that I needed to make, like prepare these cloth wipes before the baby was born. It was like the one thing I needed to do while I was in labor and I could barely do it because the contractions were like coming so close, like every three minutes at this point, three to five minutes and we're getting really strong. And I just like thought like, holy shit. Like I remember looking at my husband, he was just kind of staring at me 
I'm like, this is like actually happening. Like I'm like for real in labor now. Like, I don't think I'm in early labor anymore. And so I finished these damn wipes and like went back to the bedroom and I just labored in there on my own. And it felt so good and right. Like I, like I never pictured like my husband being right there by my side. I never wanted, I never pictured anybody being there, just me. Um, and I did have a couple of girlfriends, like some of my closest friends, um, on call. Like I, I wanted them to be there, but like once labor started going, it was like, I couldn't bring myself to call them. Like, it just felt like it was happening so fast and like everything was going so smoothly and perfectly. And I just felt so good that I was afraid to fuck it up. Like, like even by calling these people who I loved and loved me and trusted me and I trusted them and like, I wanted them there, but I think for my first for me, like for my first free birth, like I was so stuck on like, don't fuck this up. Like, don't fuck anything up. Like, don't disrupt your space. Don't intervene. Don't like, I was like, so into that. And so I just kind of labored alone. And then Josh like popped his head in and out of the room every so often to make sure I was okay or bring me water or snacks and stuff. Um, and then yeah, then I just like started to feel pushy or I, I started to think that I wanted to push and, but my body wasn't pushing, but I was kind of in that space where you're like desperate for a different sensation. Like you want to move on to the next step of labor. Um, Cause at this point it had been like eight hours, you know, it was, it was longer than I thought that it was going to be. Um, and I wasn't pushing and I was like, oh, I'm going to check my cervix. And like, what the fuck was I thinking? Cause I don't even know how to do that. Um, and I like, like put my fingers in there and like, he was still pretty high up and I didn't even know what I was feeling. It just like felt kind of squishy. And then I could definitely feel his head, you know, it was pretty hard. And I like kind of poked him and he kicked me. So I like knew that was his head. And then I just like, fucked myself like not totally but I was like oh my god like what did I just do like why am I trying to check my cervix I don't even know what I'm feeling and like he's so high up and I'm already feeling like I'm done and um I just started to feel really discouraged that I had so much longer to go even though I was like feeling like the the sensations were so intense um, and I just felt like I cannot do this like for much longer. Um, and of course I didn't like dawn on me in the time that that was transition. So I got out of the bath and was going to go lay down in the bed, you know, to kind of get out of my head and just like rest. And I took like two steps and this contraction just hit me like full force. And I had to squat and I was like holding on to the crib that was set up outside of the bathroom. And like, I will never forget how I gripped onto this crib. It was like, it was like, I was going to fly out of my body. Like, I don't even know how to explain the like intensity of this contraction, but I was just like holding on and like shaking um, and like roaring. And then my body started to bear down. And I was like, oh my God, like finally. And it just like made me laugh because I'm like five minutes ago, I was fucking tripping out that like I was nowhere near this baby being born. And like now I'm about to have this baby. And I had just drained the bathtub. So I like yelled for my husband to come in. I'm like, I'm pushing like you need to come in here. And I'm like, fill up the tub. And he like tried to pick me up or something. I was like, no, no, <laughs> like fill up the bathtub. And he was like, oh, sorry. Like 
he was so chill through this whole thing and like it kind of was pissing me off like I expected him to be like he's like an anxious person so I expected him to be a little bit more anxious and he was like as cool as a cucumber um and yeah so he filled up the tub for me and I got in and I pushed for like 30 minutes or so like I pushed longer than I thought I was going to um that's definitely like a theme in this birth like everything took longer than I thought it was going to and I didn't even realize that I had an expectation of things going quicker it wasn't until it wasn't that I was like oh I think I thought this was going to go faster um and yeah I had the most intense crowning with him um I think that he was posterior when I saw his face like when I actually looked down and saw him like he's he was looking right at me like his well his eyes were closed but his face was like right up but like his shoulders were already born. So I wasn't sure if he had just rotated or if he actually came out posterior, but it was so intense. Like none of my other births, like have I like screamed through a crown like that. Like I was literally screaming, <laughs> like in the video, you can hear my husband, like, come on, babe, you can do it. Like, it's all right. And I was just like, Fuck! <laughs> like screaming. Um, yeah. And then, um, he came out like to his hips, which is something that I had never seen before. Like his head came out and then it was like half of his body. And then there was like a pause there. So like, he's literally like half in me and he's still under the water. And then like, I finally was able to like release the rest of his body. Um, and he was like all tangled in his cord. It was like around his neck and like wrapped around his body. And so I like, kind of like, fumbled him like trying to bring him up because the cord was so tightly wrapped around him and um I started kind of fiddling with it trying to figure out how to untangle him and his eyes flew open like not like you know like newborns like the little like flutter a couple of blinks in their eye like his eyes just popped right wide open um and I was just like hi like it was like I could not fucking believe that I had just done that like when I finally got him to my chest I just was looking around the room frantically, like, am I dreaming? Like, did this really just happen? Like, did I just fucking have a baby in my bathroom <laughs> with my husband? Like, it felt so surreal in a way. Um, and it was so magical. And it was everything that I had wanted. And I remember feeling his head coming out and like being able to feel with my own hands, like him emerging from my body. I'd never been able to feel that before in my other two births because the midwife's hands were always there. Like they got there before I did. And I felt like I was going to be in the way. And like, that's something that like I've carried with me for so long that I didn't even feel comfortable like touching my own baby first, you know, because someone else was there. Um, and so it felt so healing and powerful to finally catch my baby. Like after I had wanted to do that for so long. Um, yeah, it was really special. Um, the placenta detached pretty soon, um, pretty quickly. Um, it, there was a lot of blood. I remember there being a lot of blood. And um, when I stood up out of the bathtub to get out, like I felt something super heavy. Like I thought the placenta was coming out and it's actually this giant like blood clot. Um, and it kind of freaked me out because it, it, when it hit the ground, it kind of like broke into pieces. And I was like, oh my God, is that the placenta? Like, fuck, like, that's not okay. <laughs> and then my husband looked at it. He's like, oh, I don't know. And I, so I just like traced the cord and the cord was still going up inside of me. So I was like, okay, it's not the placenta. I think it's just a blood clot. So we kind of like looked at it and it was like a pretty big blood clot. 
Um, and my husband kind of looked freaked out and he's like, are you okay? Like, like, do you feel okay? And I'm like, yeah, I fucking feel great. Like, I just want to get in the bed <laughs> like with the baby. And so he helped me like in the bed and, um, I just snuggled on him and nursed him. And then, um, I, about 45 minutes after the birth, my husband was like, do you want to start thinking about the placenta? You know, cause that was his job to remind me. Um, and I was like, okay, fine. I didn't really want to, because I was like fucking tired. Um, but I got on the ground and just squatted and, um, it actually, again, took longer and more effort than I thought it would to get the placenta out, even though it had, it had clearly detached. I could feel it right at the opening um, of my yoni, but like I had to like birth it, you know, it didn't just plop out like I wanted it to. <laughs> um, and it was beautiful and whole and it was really big. I think that's why it was kind of hard to get out because it was like a really big placenta. Um, and then, yeah, we got in bed and it was amazing. And I was hooked. I was like, no way will I ever give birth any other way than this. Like I was like, I just, I felt so powerful. I, I was like high as fuck for like a week. Like I could not believe like what I had just done. And it like really changed like my perspective on so many things, like just that one like experience. <sighs> so that's my story of my first free birth on my third baby. Um, so I got pregnant again, um, really magical conscious conception, like spirit baby story that I hope to share someday on this podcast when we do like a spirit baby thing. Um, but I knew that this baby was a girl and I knew that I needed to do a wild pregnancy with her. Um, you know, I didn't necessarily know why until the end, but I knew that I was going to have a wild pregnancy. Um, I didn't want to see anybody. I didn't feel like I needed to see anybody. And, you know, her pregnancy was pretty, you know, normal. I had really fucking intense nausea with her. Um, you know, part of me wonders if I did have HG. Um, it was just really bad and it lasted fucking forever. I think I was like 25, 26 weeks before I stopped puking every day. Um, and at that point I had given up hope. I just thought like, <laughs> I'm going to be sick the whole time. Um, and so it finally eased up. And I mean, I had like a really beautiful pregnancy. Otherwise, like I loved documenting it week by week. Like it forced me to check in, you know, with myself and with my baby and like really reflect on like what I'm feeling and what lessons are here for me. And like, it was just, it was really incredible. I think it, like her pregnancy alone, like changed so much of my life and perspective and like really, um, shapes a lot of the work that I do in the world now. Um, but I was not expecting to be pregnant forever. Um, and it wasn't until I was 42 weeks that I finally realized this is why I was supposed to have a wild pregnancy because there is no fucking midwife anywhere who would be able to, like, I would have paid all this money for a midwife, spent all this time building a relationship with her for her to have to abandon me at this moment. Like when I would need her the most, when I'm like so fucking pregnant and emotional and like unstable <laughs> 
And um, I knew right then and there, like, this is how it was supposed to be. I, there wasn't supposed to be anyone because there wasn't supposed to be anyone. Even if I had hired someone, they still wouldn't have been there. Um, yeah, so I went to 43 weeks and three days. Um, let's see. So I had been planning this Christmas time birth. Oh my God. I wanted this fucking Christmas birth so bad. I had been dreaming of it. I just knew I was going to give birth to her at night and it was going to be dark except for the Christmas tree lights and the fire. And it was this whole ordeal to get the damn fireplace up and running because we needed, pro it was a propane fireplace, which we've never had in our lives. Um, and they were like way behind on delivering propane. So I was so afraid that the propane wasn't going to get there before I was going to have this baby. And I was going to be so pissed if I didn't have this fire. Um, so anyway, the propane eventually got there and Christmas came and went and then New Year's came and went. And then my son's oldest, my oldest son's birthday came and went. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm going to be pregnant forever. And like my husband said something like, what if you're not even pregnant? Like joking. And I legit for 20 minutes, like went on a fucking spiral of like, I'm having a phantom pregnancy. I'm not actually pregnant. And I really am going to be like, not actually pregnant forever. Like, <laughs> like that's how fragile my mental state was. Um, I was like, so fucking like, just out of it. Um, and I had hired a doula who was so amazing. And like, she was checking in with me. Um, and she never like questioned me at all. Like when I hit 42 weeks, she was like, happy 42 weeks. And I was like, thanks, you know? And then like at 43 weeks, she checked in like, Hey, how are you doing? I was like, I'm fucking 43 weeks pregnant. Like what is happening? She's like, I know, like, this is crazy. And like, but she never like expressed anything other than just like, I'm here for you. Like, make sure you call me. Like she said, she was having dreams that I didn't call her in time, um, which is something that I was worried about too. Um, but she was always like super supportive. And I remember I was at Texas Roadhouse and I was 43 weeks pregnant. And because Josh had come home from lunch, cause he was like, let me take you to lunch again. You know, before my mother-in-law was going to have to leave, she had been with us for five weeks at this point, like waiting for this baby to be born. Oh my God, bless her. And she was scheduled to leave the day, the day after Haven was actually born. She had to go. Like she was there for five weeks. She had like shit to do. Um, so anyway, I was at Texas Roadhouse. My doula was texting me and I was like, oh my God, I'm fucking 43 weeks pregnant. And then she must have looked at the time and she texted me back 111. Like that's what time it was. And I was like, oh yeah, it is 111. And like, I didn't even think about it until like Haven was born on January 11th. I was like, whoa, like totally gave me chills. And like her and I had had like a couple of like, I would say like spiritual connections like that. Like there was some, like she was literally the fucking perfect person for me. Like I cannot express that enough. I feel so grateful for her. Um, so anyway, at, so I had been playing, sorry, I got off on tangent. I'd been planning the Christmas birth and um, the day that I went into labor, I woke up that morning uh, around three, three o'clock in the morning or so. And I was having contractions like that felt different. I had been having contractions for a month now, like, um, always like every night, 10 minutes apart, 
never getting closer together, never getting any stronger, just every fucking night. Like it was so exhausting thinking like, oh my God, is this finally it? And it never fucking was. Um, so this morning, like the cramps, like they felt more crampy. I was like, oh, this is definitely different. So I got up and I went downstairs at like three in the morning, made myself an egg and toast. Cause I was like, I might not be able to eat for a little while. Like I was like this, I know this is it. And I felt like something come out of my um, yoni and I, and I thought like, oh my God, my water is, you know, I like got so fucking excited. And it was like the tiniest fucking piece of mucus plug, like <laughs> so tiny. I was like, oh, and I was like, okay, but this is still good, you know? And I'm like timing the contractions, which is not something I thought that I would do, but I was kind of obsessive at this point because I had been having contractions for so long and I was like waiting for them to get closer together and they never did. Um, and so they kept coming like, they were like every seven ish minutes, less than 10 minutes. Um, and I was like, oh my God, yay. So I just like got back in bed after I ate to lay down and then the contractions got further and further apart. And then eventually I fell asleep. And so I woke up the next morning at like eight o'clock in the morning, like raging. I could not believe that I wasn't in labor. Like I thought like, this is the most fucked up thing that's ever happened. Like, how am I still pregnant? How was that not it last night? Um, and I'm like looking at the Christmas tree and I'm drinking my coffee. And I was just like, fuck it. I'm taking it down. Like, fuck the Christmas birth. It's not happening. Like, I don't want to look at this shit anymore. Like I'm tired of fixing the Christmas tree every day. Like, and so I did, I like drank my coffee. I grabbed all the fucking totes. Like I'm like giant pregnant, like 10 months climbing up, like grabbing these totes off the fucking like shelf. Like I should not have been doing that, but I like didn't even care. <laughs> I was like, I don't care. Um, and like, I brought the totes down and I opened them up and I pulled three fucking ornaments off that tree and contraction started. And I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. And I'm like, okay, so let's see if this keeps going. And so I just kept taking the ornaments off and the contractions kept coming and they were like five minutes apart at this point, maybe even, I want to say like three, like, I remember they were like really close together right away. Um, and so I just thought, okay, so you didn't want a Christmas birth. Like you could have told me that three weeks ago and I would have took this shit down, you know? Um, and so I kept taking everything down. The contractions kept coming. I kept it to myself. My husband was at work. Um, my mother-in-law was home with us and I didn't want to get her excited because she had been waiting so long, you know, and I really wanted her there for the birth. Um, and I was really fucking sad that she was going to miss it. Cause she actually was there for my third birth. She was supposed to be there for the birth and she left, she had to leave again, um, before he was born. So I didn't want that to happen again. Um, and let's see. Yeah. So I took all of that down and then I made the kids, um, some breakfast and then I text my husband and I was like, okay, I'm having contractions. They're not stopping. They're actually like coming pretty close together and they're getting stronger. Like I'm going to monitor them for like an hour and then I'll call you back. And like 15 minutes later, I'm like, you need to come home. <laughs> like, I was like, this is going really fast. I'm like, they're like two minutes, like two and a half minutes apart, but they weren't like, they weren't as strong as you would expect them to be when they're two and a half minutes apart. Like at two and a half minutes, you're like thinking you're about to start pushing any minute. Like they're like pretty strong at that point, but they weren't like, they were very bearable. I'm like walking around the kitchen, stopping to breathe for like, you know, that's another thing. They were only like 30 seconds long. They weren't very long at all. 
but because they were coming so fast, I was like, you need to come home. So he came home and I went upstairs to like get ready. And like, one of the things I wanted to do was this herbal body oiling at the beginning of my labor. Cause it was such like, it was like a practice I was doing throughout my whole pregnancy was, was doing this herbal body oiling. And that's something I really wanted to do with Yaro oil. Um, and like call in my ancestors to like witness this birth. And um, so I got to do that, which is like really important to me. And then I like put on my robe and I was like, yes. And then well, I'm talking to my doula throughout this time. And I'm like, contractions are coming pretty close together. I'm like, but they don't, they're not that strong. And she's like, I'm on my way. I'm like, no, I don't think you need to come. She's like, nope, I'm coming. <laughs> Cause she had been having these dreams that I was gonna like wait too long. So when she said she was coming, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll let the photographer know. And it took them about an hour to get to me from that phone call. Um, and so I was just laboring in my room um, alone, which was perfect. And I was like trying to watch like some shows on my, um, on my computer. And then there was like, I tried to like lay in bed and it was like unbearable. Like the contraction would come and I'd be like, fuck that. Like I'm getting up, like laying down did not feel good at all. Um, and so I was just like sitting like, cross-legged um next to the bed um and that felt really good having like counter pressure like from the sitting um and there was a a time that that I thought oh this feels like transition like I was kind of like spacing out and like feeling super relaxed in between the contractions like I could fall asleep almost and I was like, oh, but I can't be, you know, maybe I'm just tired. And then like another contraction came and I was like shaking through it. And I'm like, wow, this is like transition too. I'm like, maybe I'm just cold. So I like grabbed a blanket. Like it was not clicking that I was so close to birth because it was going so fast. Um, and my doula got there and she noticed the contractions were coming really fast. And she's like, they're, she's like, are they coming pretty close together? I was like, yes, they are but I was still like in good spirits. And I just kept saying, I'm so happy. Like, I'm so happy this baby's coming. Like that's, I just kept saying that over and over again. And um, she like applied some counter pressure for me. And my favorite thing that she did was she had these like, cr like this dried crushed rose and lavender flowers. And she like, like sprinkled them by my head. Cause I was kind of, I had my head resting on the bed. And so she sprinkled them like right in front of my head. And so every time I took like a deep breath, it smelled so good. Like it was perfect. Like I know a lot of people want to use like essential oils and stuff. And that always felt like too strong or like, like ha kind of has like a chemical smell to it to me. So having like fresh herbs, like, oh my God, it just was, it smelled so good. And I thought that was like the sweetest fucking thing. Like I never would have thought of that, you know? And so that felt really special to me. And I just was so fucking glad she was there. Um, and so she was only there for like less than an hour before Haven was actually born. So things were moving pretty quick. And so I had this like crazy contraction and I thought, okay, I want to get in the, I want to get in the water. Like I'm feeling like I need some relief or like I need to change positions or something. Um, and so I got up and went into the bathroom. I started the water. And as I'm sitting there um, waiting for the water to come, I had another contraction. And I remember just kind of like frantically like reaching for something. I was like, oh, fuck, like I'm not ready. 
Um, and so I just kind of like leaned against the bathtub and then my doula came in and like grabbed me and like held, held on to me and like, oh my God, it was so special. Um, and she just kind of like hugged me and like we swayed together through this contraction. Um, and I felt like something like drip. And so I like pulled down my underwear and it was blood. And I was like, yes, like bloody show. Like I'm finally in active labor. I'm like only like a few more hours. <laughs> you know, I'd like told myself that I had so much time left. Um, and so, yeah, so I had like bleeding. I thought, oh my God, yay. And I'm still waiting for the water to fill up. And so I was in the middle of a contract or waiting for the next contraction. And my doula had left the bathroom to like, she was moving things into the bathroom to be with us on um, some of her supplies or whatever. Um, and I had had another contraction and my knees buckled and I was like bearing down. And I remember after the contraction, I like flew up and I looked at her. I was like, Oh my God, am I pushing? And she was like, I don't know. Like, do you feel your baby's head? I was like, no, like what? Like, I'm not pushing. Like we just got started. Like I thought I just got an active labor. And so I like, um, I just was like confused. I, I just felt like totally like blown away that I could not believe like I was already like starting to push. So I didn't even wait for the water to fill up and I got in right away and I got on my knees and was like, like kneeling down in the water. Um, and when the next contraction hit, it was like, I just like roared through the whole thing. And like, my body was like bearing down so hard. Um, and it was like, not necessarily painful, but it didn't feel as good as I had remembered pushing feeling in my previous births. Like I felt like, well, like, like, I think she was just coming down really fast, like barreling down really fast. So it felt like so intense. Um, and then, so I was like, oh my God, I really am pushing. So I like felt inside and her head was like right there. I was like, no fucking way. Like my baby, like, and I just started crying. Like I like never cried so much in my life than in my fourth pregnancy and labor. <laughs> like I cried like the whole time that she was coming out. Um, cause I had been waiting so long and like, she was finally coming. And like, I just kept saying like, I can feel you. And like, like, I just couldn't believe she was there. Um, so I just kept pushing, you know, as the contractions came, I just let my body do it. And I just like, really felt open. Like one of the affirmations I kept telling myself was I am open. I am soft. Like I really wanted to just let myself be loose and like do and say and, and vocalize however I needed. I really didn't want to, um, stifle myself, um, because my first two births, that was definitely something I, I really tried to keep it together so that nobody would think I needed help. Um, so it felt so good to just be free to know that like, I can be as loud as I need to be, say whatever I want to say, move however I want to move. And nobody's going to try to fucking save me. Like everyone there knows that I can do it and is ready to just witness. And so that felt really good to just like, let it out, you know, like, let it like giving my, what I like to say is like giving my contractions a voice, like, um, just, I feel like really helps like um, open everything up. Hold on. Let me plug in my phone really quick. <laughs> I don't want it to die. Um, okay. So I'm roaring and let me see. Did, did we cut out? Okay. Back. Can you guys hear me and everything? 
Okay, cool. Okay, we can edit that out. Um, so I'm roaring and bringing my baby down and I'm like talking to her and I'm like, you know, like, yes, baby, like you can do it. And like, and like that felt so like looking back at the video, like I'm almost like, what was I doing? Like that felt so unlike me to like be saying those things. Um, but it just felt so natural and right in the moment. Um, and so finally her head, you know, was born. And I remember like, I do remember it hurting, like feeling a little bit of the ring of fire, but nothing like I had experienced in my other births. I would say I had the least painful um, crowning experience with her. Um, thank you. I waited 43 weeks. It was nice that she wasn't mean to me. Um, <laughs> like when her head came out, I wanted her out. Like, I don't know if I just could not fucking wait any longer to meet this baby or if it was instinctual that I just like needed to get her out. I don't know. Um, but her head came out and then I was just like, you're coming out now. And I just like pushed again. And like, she started to kind of float behind me. Like I felt like if I kept pushing, she was going to like shoot out the back. Um, so I kind of put my hand back there to like guide her to the front. And, um, then the rest of her little body just like slipped out and, um, I just saw her face under the water and like, I couldn't, I couldn't form any other words except for, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like I just said it over and over and over again. And um, she like reached up for me, like, like I grabbed her like under her arms and her, in her arms, like reached up at the same time. And I just like pulled her from the water, just like staring at her face. Like I couldn't even believe that she was real. Um, and I didn't know that it was a girl at this point. So I just thought like fucking finally, like my baby. And, um, I pulled her into my chest, like really tightly. And like, we, you know, she didn't make any sounds right away. Um, but I knew that she was fine. Like she was, she had really great tone, you know, like she was like, her arms were like reaching up. So I knew she was fine. Um, and yeah, so then I just kind of like took a pause, you know, and, and cried and, <laughs> Uh, then I just kind of like looked at her and I, I remember saying like, I can see you, like I could see in her face that she was like coming to, you know, like she was taking her time, um, to take her first breath. And in those, in that moment, I had this, like, this like vision of my ancestors, like passing her around and saying, like kissing her and like saying like, okay, like cause throughout my pregnancy. I had been praying to them a lot, like, hold, like, hold my baby until like, she's in my arms. Like, I want you to hold her until she's with me. And like, so I felt like in that moment where she's taking her time, that they were like saying their last goodbyes before they like released her soul, you know, to me. And um, so I just remember looking at her and being like, I can see you. I see you. You know, I, I knew she was there and that she was just like taking her time. Um, and then she like gave out a good cry and then we like cried together some more and oh my God, it was just so fucking amazing. And like, I wasn't even thinking at that point, like, is it a boy or a girl? Like, I was just so fucking happy that my baby was out. And then my doula said, like, she was, she was really gurgly, you know? And so my doula was like, turn him over, um, and rub his back. And I thought him like, wow. And I remember like, turning her over and like rubbing her back and having to like process that this baby was a boy because I could not picture that during my pregnancy I 
knew that this baby was a girl. Like there was just no way that this boy, that this baby had a penis. Like I just could not fathom that, you know, like no matter how much I tried to make room for me to be wrong, that this baby, you know, was going to be a boy. I, I, every time I tried, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I just knew, I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. So I, so for like 30 seconds, I was like, oh my God, it's a boy. And I was just like, whoa. And like, I feel like I had this like out of body experience as I'm trying to process that information. Um, and so anyway, I'm like rubbing her back and I, I bring her back over and I'm like cradling her and looking at her. And then I see my doula like look between her legs and I'm like, well, I want to look. And then, so I looked and I was like, oh my God. And I just started crying again. And I was like, I knew it was you. I knew it was you. Um, and like, holy fuck, like that moment just felt like, like all of these pieces just clicked, like in that moment, like all of these like loose ends, all of these, like all these feelings of intuition, all of these like signs, all of these things that I had felt and dreamt and thought of, like just clicked into place. Like it was all fucking real. Like, and in that moment I was like, magic is real. Like my ancestors are real. Like my intuition is real like spirit babies are real. Like it was like all of it at once, like in that moment just clicked for me. Um, it was so fucking crazy. I like could not believe it. Like even sometimes today, she's a year now and I look at her and I'm like, are you fucking real? <laughs> like, is this, like, are you really like here, like with me, like after communicating with her like spirit for like a year and then for her to like be here on earth now for a year just feels like how is this fucking real? Like, it's just so crazy. Um, and then, so my placenta detached pretty quickly. And it, I remember it being painful. Like the contractions that kept coming, I was just like, fuck, like <laughs> I want to be done. Like my baby's here. Like I want to focus on her. And like these contractions were still coming. And it, they, they were like painful. Um, like I was wincing a lot and like, fuck. And like, even my doula was like, is it the placenta? I was like, yeah, I think so. Like it hurts, you know? And so there was a lot of blood in the water. And then also she had passed meconium, like right when she was born, like, like it was like coming out of her as I was pulling her up from the water. Um, and so the water was like black, like it was, it looked like coffee. I would say like it was black water. Like I'd never seen anything like that before from like the meconium and all the blood. Um, so eventually I got out and um, my doula helped me and I got into bed and like my bleeding looked pretty good. Um, it didn't look like I definitely, I think the initial separation, I always have a lot of blood, um, but I was feeling really good in my body. I just felt tired, you know? And so I'm in bed and like the contractions are still feeling like really painful. And so I start like palpating my belly to make sure there's not a fucking another baby in there. Um, Cause I, I had no ultrasound. So I was pretty sure it's one baby, but you know, I was kind of worried at that moment cause the contractions were so intense afterwards. Um, so I finally, like after an hour got down off the bed and like squatted over this bowl while holding my baby to like birth the placenta and I said like a quick prayer and like thank you to the placenta um and like you know you can come out now and um thank you for nourishing this baby for so long like there was so much like fear 
about, you know, in our culture about the placenta being old and like not being able to keep up with the baby after so long. So I just felt like I needed to be like, thank you for like, for like showing me like, that's not true. And that my baby is fine and healthy um, at 43 weeks and three fucking days. <laughs> so I birthed the placenta into a bowl and um, yeah, my bleeding all looks good. And I got back in bed and we ordered pizza. Like I always eat pizza after all my births. Um, so I had some pizza and um, the doula and my, my mother-in-law like cleaned up the bathroom and cleaned out the bathtub, which I guess was a mess. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, I got tucked into bed and uh, we burned the cord later that day. Um, my kids held the candles, which is really special. And they were there in the bathroom for the whole birth too, uh, which felt really special. Um, for them to witness that and um yeah i think that completes that birth story oh my goodness thank you i <laughs> wow thank you so much for sharing all of that that was incredible um i was crying with you like <laughs> um that was, you know, I think, um, I love it. I love a good, like, progression, <laughs> progression story. It really felt like, like third time's the charm, you know, um, with the, you know, the first two births and then getting to have your free birth, you know, um, with Caius that, um, and I think that's a lot of people's experience, you know, um, I know I'm sure we'll talk to some people who like chose free birth from like birth number one, you know, which is also amazing, um, you know, but I think, you know, a lot of us end up having some type of experience where we're like, oh, actually, I wasn't okay with that, right? Like, you know, you're like, actually, that's not what I wanted, but it's like, you didn't know, right? Like, you don't know what you don't know sometimes. So, yeah, I don't know, like man that was um amazing i love the whole piece about spirit babies like you said i'm i'm excited to dive deeper into that <laughs> in another episode i think that'll be so good yeah um rochelle did you have anything any takeaways or anything you wanted to add or share yeah oh my gosh um there's so many things that i like want to respond to <laughs> but the main things um that i that i love so much johnny was I love how you conveyed your transition on both of your birth stories just like you could feel it like you could feel like you're there and just the power that's like ripping through your body and like your reaction to it like it seems like you've really like retained that in your bones and are able to like convey it in this way and then um okay I'm gonna say three but like really quick <laughs> um the, the moment of like the ancestors, like, like the ancestors being with Haven, like right after she's born, just like, holy shit, <laughs> like that was so powerful. And just like that whole moment and just how profound it was in terms of like how many revelations you were having and how many things were going on. And you can see that when you watch your birth video, like it's so powerful. And like, I loved hearing you tell it orally. Um, and then like, just something that was echoing to me throughout the whole, like both stories was this whole like truth that our babies 
our children are constantly like not meeting our expectations, like <laughs> challenging our expectations at like every turn. And I just love that. That was so clear throughout your birth stories. Like it was not what I expected here. It was not what I expected here. It was, you know what I mean? And that's like, that is what it is. And like, that is so fundamental to the essence of free birth, I think is like us constantly having our expectations checked. And so anyways, I, I loved everything about it. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Thanks for listening to my stories. I, I was feeling like a little bit uh, like, oh, I don't know if I want to tell these, like, I was feeling like not in the storytelling space, but like, once you start telling the story, it just like all comes back to you. And it felt so good to have a space to tell my birth stories again. I, I really appreciate you listening. And I'm just so happy that I'm hoping that this podcast will be that safe space for other people to like get into the storytelling. Amen. And um, as we get ready to close out, um, Janaya, do you want to share with us at all about some of the other work that you're doing in the world and where people can find you or connect with you if they're interested in doing so? Yeah. So I teach a childbirth education class, um, but it is specially curated for folks who are wanting wild pregnancy and free birth. So it's not like your typical um, medicalized type of childbirth education. We're not going to be talking about like, like cervical dilation and like what to do when you go to the hospital, like none of that's in there. It's all about wild pregnancy, digging into your intuition, working through your fears, um, like the heart work of pregnancy, and then moving into planning your free birth, your birth dream. And then we go into all of the what ifs, like what could the complications be? What are emergencies? When should you transfer? Um, it's, it's everything that I know, like everything that I could think of that I, I have learned throughout my years of studying birth while planning my own free births, what I experienced through my own wild pregnancies. Um, yeah. And all of that, all of it is in this class. Um, and I teach it seasonally. Um, and you can find me on Instagram at wild.pregnancy underscore free.birth. It'll be in the show notes. Um, and yeah, that's where I, that's where I hang out. I'm not really on the Facebook. I try, I do have a Facebook page that I try to remember to <laughs> post on like from my Instagram, but I'm not really on there very much. So Instagram is the, where you can find me, come hang out and see all of my content. And then there's always information about when my next class is. And I also have a crash course that's always available. So the, the class is seasonally and the crash course is always available. And that's just talking about the birth. If you want to know what's normal, what's not, what's a complication, what's an emergency, what do I do with the cord, uh, normal newborn transition, all of that is a good crash course. Like if you don't have time to wait for the next class, um, or if you just want the nitty gritty, then the crash course is for you. Awesome. Um, and I just want to add that I have taken Jonea's wild pregnancy and free birth class and I loved it so much. And I know Chalet, you're either you're getting ready to take it or you're you've already taken it. Yeah, I haven't. I wasn't able to join the, the winter class. I, we got to figure that out. But I mean, I've only heard raving reviews. So, mm -hmm. you know, like you and, and other people who have taken the class have all said like this is 
the class. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, to so, take it. It really helped them really prepare them. So, I mean, yeah, if, if you're looking for a childbirth education class that's not medicalized, uh, Joe is the one to go to for sure. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean. And, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fighting, guys. <laughs> Good. And for even if you're already experienced and like, even if, you know, if for birth workers, I think it's great. I know she's got a lot of birth workers taking it too. So, so glad to have, um, have you tell your story here, Joe. And thank you so much. Both of you love you. Yeah, thanks guys. Love you. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are honored to share this birth medicine with you and hope that you will join us again soon. If you'd like to send us your thoughts, ideas, or any aha moments you had from the show, you can do so by clicking the link in our show's description. Follow us on Instagram at birth.medicine.podcast. Please subscribe to the show and share the medicine.